Hello and welcome to Healing From Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Energy Teacher, Medium, and author of a trilogy, the newest edition, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit that show us our real challenges are not economic, political, societal, but often a deep disconnect from our inner soul wisdom. Today we welcome Dr. Andrew Hahn, author of The One-Hour Miracle, a five-step process to guide your self-healing. Hello, Dr. Hahn, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within. Well, hello, Cheryl, and thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. Andrew, as listeners have come to expect over the years, my authentic, intuitive guests and I share intimate and insightful stories of awakening, transformation, and transcendence to connect us to our soul qualities and improve the human and divine connection. As spiritual beings having a physical life, we learn to merge our many talents and energies to raise our vibration, know ourselves and others and the world with greater awareness to reach a higher consciousness of love and compassion. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Han shares a healing framework that is a blueprint for transforming most problems and releasing blocks uh, in order to create the life you hope for and you release physical pain, emotional and mental pain, including depression, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, relational pain, and spiritual concerns. Though life is fraught with challenges and we might be feeling helpless, mirrored in suffering or chronic despair, change and hope are there to be embraced. Andrew, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their own childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have shown them or others around them the interests, work, and lifestyle that might be embraced as an adult. For within the child is the blueprint for evolution and personal achievement. And it begins right from the start. So think back. <laughs> well, two, two things come to mind, and I'll just tell you briefly. The first is a poem that uh, came to me Actually, I, I had a dream when I was nine years old. And uh, I, when I woke up from the dream, I sat down and I wrote a poem, which I think is actually a poem about my whole life work in a funny way. And so I'll tell you the poem. It's called Memories. It goes like this. <clears throat> you remember things forgotten. You dream of tales untold. Your memory reminds you of your childhood days of old. And now you have your children, and they have children too. And all you have is memories of things you would have liked to do. Words that were never spoken come back to you like then. All the things you would have done could you do it over again. Well, that's so beautiful, and... 
that's what we're really here in this physical life to do to remember the beautiful souls we are and why we mm-hmm. decided to have this physical life to learn more about our self relations the world the universe and uh, beautifully said so I would say you were on your path from the very beginning a sensitive a sensitive soul <laughs> Well, yeah, that's for sure. But I, I had never heard that poem. I always thought it was a poem about, you know, regret. And then one of my colleagues several years ago said, your whole work is an invitation to remembering and to remember things forgotten and then to open to whole new possibilities. And you could do things in a very different way and change the past, change the future, change everything. And it gave me a whole different perspective on my poem. So I'm deeply grateful to her for sharing that with me. So um, that's why, you know, um, it came to me that I would share that with you. The only other thing that comes to me just very briefly is when I was 11, my parents were holding a dinner party for a major radio talk show host. And I was like in the living room and I could hear them all laugh. And so I walked into the dining room where they were. And it became very clear to me why they were laughing. Now, this is, you know, I was 11, so this would have been like 1968. And it was very clear they were laughing because someone was on this radio talk show, and he believed in ESP, and they were all laughing about that. And so I asked him a simple question. I said, if you could see and everybody else was blind, how would you prove to them that you could see? At which point I said nothing, and I knew they didn't know the answer, so I just walked out of the room. Well, that Uh, was a good question. I thought so. Yeah. So. Well, let's go on from those wonderful remembrances to tell us about the Life Center Theory Protocol. What are the five steps to lead you to a path of healing? How does it begin? <clears throat> well, it starts with a simple idea that the reason that everybody comes for healing, and it doesn't matter what you're suffering about, because healing is about healing suffering, is that there's something that couldn't be handled. And so I think that's the only reason people come for any healing is something couldn't be handled because if you can handle everything and take everything in stride, you'd know you'd never have any judgmentalism or anxiety or comparison. So the first idea is that trauma is simply something that can't be handled. And all healing is is mastering what can't be handled. And the way that's done is easy to describe, which is when something can't be handled, in that moment of discomfort is born. Mm. And we unconsciously identify with the discomfort, and we lose all perspective. We, that discomfort, you could say, is dismembered. And um, we then identify with it unconsciously and live out that story over and over and over again. But if we could choose to become the discomfort, like an actor becoming, uh, you know, a, a character in a play or a movie or a reader or author becoming a character in a novel, we would no longer unconsciously identify with it. We would consciously identify with it and but in a much deeper sense identify with the one who's choosing to become it. And then we bear witness to that one who's traumatized and we say, I accept you. I'm here with you, I will bear witness to you, and you can share anything you like, and I'll give you what you always needed, which was someone who would say, I will just become aware of you, allow you, 
bring all my attention to you and accept. And the second you do that, fast in a fascinating way, what happens is the dense energy goes back into its pure form, which of course is energy. It goes from matter to energy and it just goes away. And when it goes away, either the symptoms go away or your relationship to them changes to such a degree that you no longer are suffering. You just have something that's difficult, right? So that's the foundation of the work. Yes, because a trauma creates a feeling at the time that the trauma is experienced. And the body, the cellular structure, remembers it if you're not able to process it and move past it. And it grows within you, like any illness Mm. or cancer. And and it has to be dispersed. It has to be let go Mm -hmm. of. Letting go Mm -hmm. is a very important word. When my mother was in spirit, a medium once told me, your mother is telling you to let go. And I was not Mm. quite sure what was meant by that. But then it means to let go of the stories we spin in our head and the fears that we have or create within our head and and to mm-hmm. go on to be free to know that there's nothing, no challenge that can really weaken us to the level where symptoms and disease form. We have to allow, accept, and surrender to it, know it, right? Feel it, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. be at peace with it. And your whole system is about that, and it's it's absolutely the only way to deal with something, a blockage in our system that has happened because we weren't able, we weren't old enough as, as a child to process some of the traumas that happened to us, and they just remained. And in mm-hmm. later life, they resurfaced in many different ways. So let's go on to... You say your book, The One-Hour Miracle, offers a new perspective on what life is all about and our relationship to it that can help us deal with everyday challenges. Tell us how. Because, you know, life is like a game, and if you don't know the rules to the game, it's kind of hard to play or play it well. Uh, I'll try to answer that and your other question about what the five-step process is, which I didn't really tell you, but I'll be happy to. So the basic idea is, I think that we all would know, is that really there's a spiritual, uh, you know, you could say there's a spiritual path that we follow and a soul path we follow. And I think that healing is ultimately about those two things, and I think the best way to talk about them is to talk about cells and bodies. So let's say we, if I started on the material level, you could say that the human body has about three trillion human cells. And the interesting thing about cells, of course, is, and its holographic nature, is that on the surface, every cell is different, right? Mm -hmm. You'll never find two that are alike. But in the template, every cell is the same, and in this case it's called the DNA in a material level, that's what it's called. And so on that level, all of the information of the cell's whole universe is there, which is why you could literally take one cell and create a a spontaneous clone of that whole universe, in this case called Dolly the Sheep. So you can take one cell and create the whole universe. So the mystical idea is that we are, you could say, cells in a body of a living being called life. And we have two 
you know, I'd say there are two reasons that we're here. The first one is to remember that who we are is everything, and everything is who we are. So each of us is in relationship to life. Each of us is life. You know, so you could say that, like, on that level, of course, you are in relationship to life, I'm in relationship to life, but each of us also is life, and therefore each of us is each other on that level of the template. So, of course, I would never do anything to harm you uh, without awareness, because really it's like you say, love thy neighbor as thyself. On that level, you could say thy neighbor is thyself, because in the template, of course, it's true. So really we're here, I think, to remember who we truly are, which is everything. Yeah. And of course, from the egoic point of view, everything is anxiety because it's about non-existence. But from a spiritual level, it's the point, it's not a problem. On a soul level, you could say, what's our path? Our path is to say that I'm, I, each cell is differentiated. So on the surface, each of us has our unique roles to play with our unique gifts and challenges. And life is about sort of like saying, what do I have to do so that I can fully, fully embody that role? And so I would say, if we think of life as a living being that's evolving, each of us is an aspect of that. It's literally, you know, it's, it's the, the point of light in the light, right? So each point is the light, but each point is also particular. And I think that's what healing is about, is to remember those two things. Now, of course, how we do that is to say when there's something that can't be handled on a, on a material level, we stop remembering and we start identifying. And as soon as you identify with anything, you're stuck because, you know, there is no such thing as identity. But when you're traumatized, any identity is, in fact, a way to either, is either the living of a trauma or the, a protection from the reliving of a trauma. It's not who we are. It's just an illusion. And the point here is to say, how do we remember? And the answer is, we just choose to become the dense energy that is associated with what has been dismembered. I'll tell you what I mean. Let's suppose you're in my office and a motorcycle backfires, and you have a panic attack. Well, it's probably not because the motorcycle is backfiring, right? But let's suppose... 20 years ago, you were in a war and a bomb went off near you and you couldn't handle it. So in that moment, you get stuck there. And then the motorcycle backfires, but you're not really here. You're still that soldier living that out over and over and over again until finally you master it. So what I would, of course, say to you is, well, when you feel the panic, what's happening in the body? And you'd say something like, no, my heart's pounding fast. At which point I would say something like this. I'd say, I know this is going to sound funny, Cheryl, but you're not having a panic attack. Someone whose name is Heart Pounding Fast is having a panic attack. It, it was born in a moment. You were born in a moment. It's come to share a story, and your job is to stand, you know, to say, I will bring all my awareness to you and let you share your story while I hold you and bear witness to you. So you choose to bring all your attention to heart pounding fast, and then you start saying, oh, my God, lots are going off, or whatever. But, of course, you will no longer be identified with that one. You're identified with the one who's choosing to become them, and then say, I'm here with you. Even if you're kinesthetic and you, like, literally play out the bombs going off again, you won't be identified with it anymore. And at the end of that, something miraculous happens, right, which is heart pounding fast just goes away. 
Absolutely. Because, right? And you're then the next time the motorcycle backfires, right? You, yes, yeah. exactly. You, you, you've been in a different, you're in a different, you've remembered it, literally, right. which means you no longer unconsciously identify with that dismembered being called it doesn't have power over you. I always say you cannot lose your personal power, which is within you, your soul power, unless you give it away through fear or the other lower vibrational emotions. You know, I always like to say to my clients that uh, the universal energy is within you, and you are within the universal energy. It's much what you're saying. We are mm-hmm. part of the design of life and the whole connection to each other and to eternal universal life. And we are a duality while we're here as a physical being. So we have physical qualities and divine energies. And when we learn to merge these together, we can have the best human and spiritual experiences. In other words, we are part of the universal source of creation and life, and that energy resides within us at all times. Some call it God, mm-hmm. others a force of life or the divine, but whether in a body or not, life is infinite and eternal. And you go on mm-hmm. to talk about free will, and free will allows ourselves to be human and also to experience our spiritual or soul level of wisdom. Let's go on to what causes suffering and how does healing work. You were talking a lot about it, uh, but suffering is something that many people choose to create for themselves, and then they don't know how to get out of it. We don't have to live in suffering, even though we have to perhaps experience it at times. We don't have to stay within it, that energy. I think suffering simply is suffering. Suffering, I think, and trauma are the same thing. Suffering simply comes when you can't handle something. If you can handle everything, you may feel pain, but you won't have any judgmentalism about the pain. You won't have any reactivity. You won't have any comparison. You won't. None of those things will be there. You'll just experience what is. Right. Yes. So, and I think free will essentially is. Do we choose to experience what is, or do we choose to play it out unconsciously? That's it. So every time we're reactive, we could choose to say what's happening in the body, and we find a discomfort and say, all right, I'm going to choose to be here with you. And we could say every discomfort is simply a story that hasn't been um, remembered. So that's what I think. And so that's what I think free will is. is like, And the way to not suffer is to say, I'm going to choose to be in relationship with the thing that couldn't be handled. And no, it isn't who I am. It's not my identity. It's just something being experienced. And just to go back to the five-step process for a second, the first step of the process is to find out the most important thing to work on. And sometimes it's what you think it is, and sometimes the thing you think is the most important thing to work on is just a symptom, and I'll tell you what I mean. Let's take the person again who has the motorcycle, you know, backfires and he has a panic attack, right? Well, if, let's say, 20 years ago a bomb went off, right, it's a fairly direct path from the motorcycle backfiring and the sound of that to the sound of the bomb going off. And it's really the trauma, you can say, it's like there's a noise and, like, then, you know, it's like you say, oh, my goodness, like, I'm just, I'm just remembering, I'm reliving 
without awareness, what happened to me as a soldier in that war. But let's take a different example. And you come in and you say, you know, the motorcycle backfires and you have the panic attack. And I find out that that's only a symptom of a deeper problem. And I use what's called kinesiology or ideomotor cueing or muscle testing. And I find out it's not, you can't even work directly on the loud sounds and the panic attack because the real problem is betrayal. And let's suppose I find out, so I find out really this is just one symptom of a story about betraying a trust. So let's suppose I then have you focus on I've betrayed a trust. And you then say, you know, my heart's still pounding fast, but my throat's closing up and I have this very strange pain in my foot. And in fact, I have chronic foot pain and no one understands why because I dropped something on my foot seven years ago, but they say I shouldn't still be in pain, but I'm still in pain and I'm limping. So I say, okay, the, who, the person who's betrayed the trust is named, you know, pain in foot and throat closing up. So bring all your attention there, and we're going to find out their story. And then what happens is we say, oh, my gosh, I'm wearing this funny uniform, and I'm in World War One, and I'm, I'm the leader of these groups of men, and I'm not paying enough attention and I walk them into an ambush, and now bombs are falling out of the sky, and they're all, you know, like, I'm watching them all get injured and die, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, look what I've done. I wasn't paying enough attention, and if I'd only paid enough attention, you know, this wouldn't have happened, and now the sky is, like, falling, and, like, then you can't stand it, so you say, I'm going to lie. I can't stand this. I can't be a leader anymore, so you pull out your pistol right. and you shoot yourself in the foot, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you come in, Right, and if the only reason those were there, let's suppose we could then say, let's find a way you can make amends with those those men and their souls, and you do that. And let's say it takes a half hour. And let's suppose you don't just have this symptom of um, reactions to loud sounds, but you also have OCD, right? Mm -hmm. And the sense of like, if I make them, if I, if I do anything wrong, the sky will fall. Well, you're literally telling your story because, right? You know, the sky was falling. And let's say you have ADHD, right, and you have attention deficit disorder, and you feel really a shame and guilt about it, which makes no sense. And um, let's suppose every time you have a leadership possibility, you say, you know, Andy, every time that happens, I shoot myself in the foot. And you would literally be telling me a story about shooting yourself in the foot. It would, it would be literal. And, you know... And that's why you have, you know, not only you shoot yourself in the foot, but, you know, you drop this thing that you think is an accident, but really it's not an accident. It's unconsciously playing out a story where you literally, you know, over 100 years ago, however you understand that, you can believe in other lifetimes if you do, or you can say it's sort of like play therapy or the imaginal. But so the reason you drop this thing on your foot actually isn't an accident, but it's your destiny in order to try to remember something that happened over 100 years ago in Europe someplace, right? Yes. Well, if you take care of all of that, if that's the only reason, your reactions to loud sounds go away, your OCD goes away, your ADHD goes away, your chronic foot pain that nobody understands why it's there goes away, and suddenly you're able to not shoot yourself in the foot every time you have a leadership possibility because you've handled all of those things that are an invitation to remembering. But even more, amazingly, the soldier that you were in Afghanistan who was also reacting to loud sounds, it goes away too because it was just on the line of what happened in that other lifetime or that imaginal story or that, you know, play therapy, if you believe in that, or, you know, personal mythology. You know, so, yeah, whatever therapy, whatever energy work, 
whatever doctor actually you go to, you're going to them because of these deep buried, long past um, issues, traumas, suffering, which you have not been able to conquer for yourself. And uh, mm-hmm. so tell us what you want readers to take away with them after reading your book, The One Hour Miracle. Briefly, well, the five-step process, which I'll just tell you really briefly, the five-step process is in the first step we find out why you're truly here. Is it that you're reacting to loud sounds or is it that you betray the trust, right? And then we find out, you want to find the first time something happens because everything after that is an echo and you find out if that being, whoever it is, needs anything other than just sharing their story. And if they do, you want to find out the very best thing for them, which we can find if they need something other, which might be Reiki or it might be uh, acupressure or it might be EMDR. It could be anything or a spiritual practice. And we find out the most elegant tool if just sharing the story isn't enough. And then you go on a journey where you become the body sensation and do the practice and see if something's different. And the thing I would say to your readers is, or to your listeners is this, Every time there's something that you're reactive to, just scan your body, find the sensation and say, I'm going to choose to become you and I'm here with you and I don't know what your story is, but you do. So I'm going to get actively receptive and listen to what you say. And every time you have a pain, like a headache, before you take a pill and say, I hate you, you might want to bring your attention to headache and say, what have you come to share with me? Mm. And if you just did that, worlds would open. That's what I want to leave your listeners with. Yeah, because we're in a flow of energy. In Eastern medicine, these flows are meridians, chakras. Uh, Our body works with the energy of the universe. We're not only our physical body working with the organic system. We are the energy body. So, yes, we need to work with both to heal any wounds, any scores, any pains, any sacrifices we've made along the way. And I want to mm-hmm. thank you, Dr. Andrew Hahn, author of The One Hour Miracle, for sharing very clearly a path out of repeated suffering or malaise using life-centered therapy, which is a blueprint for recognizing any health issue so it can be released or, as my mother told me, let go. So you can, yeah, let go. So you can balance and find order and restore the body to its natural flow of energy. For more information and to purchase the book, go to lifecenteredtherapy.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Andrew Hahn has shared a system of healing that helps deal with life challenges that eventually, after the natural flow of universal source energy, to our chakra system, and these interferences or blockages ultimately create health issues and symptoms which make it hard to function at our very best. If we can transform our thoughts and perceptions within our ego-based reality and lifestyle, we can release blockages which are creating these symptoms and illnesses like chronic pain, allergies, asthma, addictions, emotional and mental issues like depression, anxiety, PTSD, many other relationship destructive patterns, as well as spiritual issues like alienation, despair, or inertia. And Dr. Han wrote, 
then we broaden our capacity to be with all that life brings our way, knowing I'll be okay no matter what happens. At this point, you can face any circumstance with courage and grace, enabling you to find a sense of inner peace. You can live a life of true aliveness and presence with all of your wisdom, love, and full engagement. At this point, it is as if the experience transforms from the one-hour miracle to the journey of a lifetime, a journey to, once again, remember. We are told the French have a saying that loosely translates to, it's time for your butterflies. This may be a pivotal moment for you, a moment to appreciate the great beauty of life, to have greater clarity and perspective of your place in it, and to access the wisdom that is intimately part of you, that knows there is nothing to fear. Dr. Andrew Hahn and I would have you remember your spiritual self and the gifts that you brought to this life as spiritual beings having a physical life in order to simply remember the divine soul and loving energy you are and to refine your thoughts, words, actions so you can dance in the eternal energy of divine love and compassion. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Teacher and author of a trilogy with the newest edition, A New Life Awaits. And I invite you to my website, CherylGlick.com, to listen to and read about authors, metaphysicians, spiritualists, scientists, energy workers, medical practitioners, psychologists, members of the art and music community, indeed people from all over the world who seek greater awareness of human and spiritual nature and ways for self-improvement and the human condition. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you for listening.